Hey guys, welcome back to Catherine's Podcast. In this edition, we will be talking about a school issue that everyone has been impacted by, dress code. Dress code has been a problem for mostly girls, so that's what I'm going to talk about most. Girls in school are being sexualized. Oh, your shoulders showing? Cover up, the boys will be distracted. Us as girls have had to cover our body parts so that others won't be distracted. No one should be distracted in the first place. Girls are being disciplined disproportionately. It's a trend. I have never once seen a boy called out for his attire. Dress code is being aimed at girls, even though the administrators say it's not. I understand that if a girl's butt is hanging out of her pants, that she should change. But if, say, her tank top strap is one finger thick and her shoulders are showing, there shouldn't be a problem. Boys shouldn't be distracted by these kinds of things in the first place, and half the time they aren't. Administrators are making the dress code a huge deal in school. Girls shouldn't have to be afraid that they're wearing the right clothes. They shouldn't have to worry if their shorts are below their fingers or their top is at least three fingers thick. Meanwhile, gender non-conforming and transgender students have also clashed with such policies on the grounds that they rigidly dictate how kids express their identities. Transgender students have been sent home for wearing clothes different than what is expected of their legal sex, while others have been excluded from yearbooks. This is ridiculous. Male students using traditionally female accessories that fell within the bounds of standard dress code rules and vice versa have been nonetheless disciplined for their fashion choices. These cases are prompting their own backlash. Dress code has gotten out of control and needs to be adjusted. People are starting to protest, and I don't blame them. Thank you for listening in on this podcast about dress code. I hope that it has impacted your thoughts positively, and you listen to my other podcasts. This is Catherine, signing off. Hey guys, welcome back to Catherine's Podcast. In this edition, we will be talking about a world problem that has been an issue for years, gender equality and women's rights. 2017 was a year of a lot of attention to the struggle for gender equality and women's rights. The U.S. administration reinstated the Global Gag Rule, which eliminated critical funding for international family planning. A movement confronting sexual harassment and violence dominated a person's Twitter feeds, and as survivors, people stood up and said, hashtag me too. The hashtag Women's March rocked collective consciousness and likely became the largest single-day demonstration in U.S. history. At the U.N., Secretary General Guterres started 2017 by appointing five women in his top nine posts, that's more than male, as part of his commitment for equal numbers of women and men to lead in the U.N., This was a huge breakthrough. In 2017, later, Guterres launched a new strategy aimed at achieving gender parity, calling for each agency to monitor progress toward gender equality. Also, the UN and the EU launched a new spotlight initiative that fights gender-based violence, excuse me, and others stepped up, including Canada, in launching its first feminist international assistance policy. The effort for women's rights are impacting other countries across the world. It has been an issue for years, and finally, people are speaking out. Now, in 2018, these efforts will feature renewed attention with gender guidelines adopted by intergovernmental bodies starting to take effect, and female leaders joining forces in support the SDGs. Women Rising 2030 is an initiative of the Business and Sustainable Development Commission that will release a report with International Women's Day to inspire more women in private sector to lead on the global goals and motivate more companies to invest in women's leadership to meet the year 2030 deadline. This will play a huge role. 
Even though it could take 200 years to close the economic gender gap, BNY Mellon and the UN Foundation will launch a report highlighting the economic and human rights imperative for expanding access to financial products and services, as well as its impact on achievement of gender equality. After International Women's Day, the 62nd Commission of the Status of Women took place in New York with a priority focus on achieving the empowerment of girls and women. Gender will be front and center at both the G7 and G20 summits this June and November. Thank you for tuning in on my podcast that talked about what is happening now and in the future for women's rights and gender equality. Everyone deserves the same rights, whether you're a woman, man, or anything in between. This is Catherine, signing off. Hey guys, welcome back to my podcast. In this edition, I'm going to be sharing with you a This I Believe essay that I wrote about a week ago. It's not the best, but I think that you'll like it. It's kind of depressing, so I don't know. (laughs) Um, So I titled it Not a Grand Finale, and here goes nothing. Here's a wonderful thought. I'm going to die. It may not be today, or tomorrow, or a month from now. But eventually, my brain will shut down, my heart will stop beating, my eyes will close forever. I will remain a body with no soul, left for my family to bury and mourn. But where will my soul go? Many believe that after death, a person is just gone forever, like we were born to die. But that is not my case. Death is not a person's grand finale. I believe in an afterlife. Believing in an afterlife basically means that a person can have a life after death. Will I go to heaven? or to hell. My stream of consciousness will continue, and my soul will leave my physical body to go into a mortal one. I will fly high into the sky and rejoin my family members that have passed before me, my Vavor, my grandma, and Mr. Crossan, who have all influenced me throughout my life. I remember when my Vavor was in the hospital and she was crying. She knew that she was going to die. I kept telling her that it would be okay, and she told me that she knew. She assured me that this was not the end. Many people will die as I grow older too, and I will meet them in the afterlife. I will be waiting. On my journey to death, I may develop a sickness like cancer and have to leave this life sooner than expected, but it will be okay. I cannot live on this physical world forever. However, I will always be watching from the afterlife. Death is a relief because after all the mourning that I did on physical earth will turn into happiness as I meet those who pass before me. I am not afraid to enter the afterlife. I actually look forward to it, as depressing as that sounds. Now, don't get me wrong. I am in no way suicidal. I get to see my family again, my friends again. I can be happy like I was when they lived. I will never have to go through another loss. There are many clues around me about an afterlife. For example, nature. I learn a lot from nature. Things go in a cycle, then they die. There's winter, where everything gets dark and the leaves are gone, and then comes spring, where all of the life in nature comes back. Inside every piece of fruit is a seed, and if I plant the seed, I will get the plant that grew from it in the first place. An oak tree produces acorns, and if I plant the acorn, another tree will grow. A caterpillar goes into its cocoon and seems like it has died, but then a beautiful butterfly comes out and flies away. Nature is reproducing from life after death every day. Many things in life lead to an afterlife. So why can't humans? All right, guys, thank you for listening in on my podcast today with my This I Believe essay. I know it's not the best, and I hope you liked it. And tune in next time. This is Catherine signing off.